Hey everyone, this is Johnny Martinez, pastor of Restoration Church, and welcome to our podcast. We hope this podcast inspires you and encourages you as you seek to follow Jesus. We hope you enjoy the sermon. Hey, Restoration Church, good morning. Thank you so so much for joining us today. My name is Pastor Johnny, and I am so glad and uh, thrilled that you have tuned in as we continue our uh, journey through this Gospel of Mark. I really hope that you've been enjoying just working our way uh, through each section of this book of the Bible uh, to really just slowly uh, let God's Word marinate in our heart and change our life. And I hope that you've been really enjoying uh, the life of Jesus and His ministry and what that means for us today. Uh, also, if you haven't heard yet, we are regathering in person on a Sunday, October 8th at 10 a.m. at Sunset Heights Elementary right off 97th Avenue in Deer Valley. And we're excited. Uh, I'm really, really excited to regather and to see all of you and to see your faces and to have kids running around and just being able to worship together again and hear God's word in person. Man, I can't wait to regather. So mark your calendars October 18th at 10 a.m. at Sunset Heights Elementary. We're going to regather and we're going to party it up that day, so make sure that you are there, and make sure you bring someone with you. So we're going to continue to uh, work our way through this gospel, uh, and today we're going to be looking at Mark chapter 1, uh, verses 40 through 45, so please turn with me there uh, in your Bibles. I titled the message today, The Great Exchange the great exchange. And so we have seen Jesus begin his public ministry in the region of Galilee. He's gone into the synagogues to preach the kingdom of God, to repent and believe so they could enter into the kingdom of God. He has healed many people who were sick and and really uh, eliminated any sickness in several towns already. He has uh, casted out demons from people. Uh, He has fought this battle with uh, with the darkness uh, and evil spirits, and he's just ministering to many, many people in this region of uh, Galilee. And so now as Jesus continues to minister, he is going to uh, come face to face uh, with this leprous man here as he uh, encounters him and as Mark tells us about this encounter that Jesus had with this man. So again, uh, Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 45, it says this, And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once, and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priests, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it, and to spread the news, so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town but was out in desolate places, 
and people were coming to him from every quarter. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this text today. We thank you for the scriptures. We thank you for this story, this encounter that Jesus had with the leper. God, teach us things from your word that are going to be beneficial to our walk with you. Holy Spirit, I pray you would illuminate our hearts and our minds at this time. Help us understand your word. Help us love your word. Help us apply your word. Holy Spirit, just lead us and guide us today in our study of the word, God. We, we, we need you, and we want to know you better. God, challenge us. God, work in our hearts in a powerful way through your word. Teach us. We want to know you better. We want to know you more. God, any distraction that we have at this time, I pray that you would just help us set us aside for just a bit so that we can give you our attention and our full affection today together. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So I walked into the store uh, the other day, and I noticed that uh, things are up for the fall, especially for Halloween and stuff like that. And the first thing I thought about was like, man, the holidays are coming. The holidays are right around the corner. And I don't know about you, uh, but I love Thanksgiving, uh, you know, food, family, football. Uh, I love um, Christmas. And, you know, I just I love the holidays and especially the food around the holidays. Uh, but but I love that. But I, like now more than ever, especially this year, I really, really cannot wait for the holidays. I, and I especially cannot wait for Christmas. Let me let me tell you why. One of the things I love doing and I love about Christmas uh, is obviously getting gifts. Who doesn't like gifts, right? Uh, but I really like doing the, those white elephant things. Those are kind of fun. Or the secret Santa things. Like those are pretty cool. Um, and, and so I just, you know, I just like doing that kind of stuff. Uh, and so um, one of the, the cool things that I love about it is just like I said, like, I love getting gifts, man. Like, who doesn't like getting gifts, right? And especially if they're gifts that, like, you really, really want when you do, like, a secret Santa. Uh, when you get gifts that you really want, like, fishing stuff, you know, or uh, or or books or Starbucks gift cards or just coffee. Like, those are the things that I really love. So I hope you're taking notes right now of the things I like so you can bless your pastor during Christmas. I'm just saying, just giving you an idea. But but I I love I love getting those types of gifts, right? That that I that I love. I love, you know, uh, getting the things that that I care about. Uh and uh man, I just have a blast, right? Like who who doesn't like those types of things? Um but at the same time, uh, there's been some years uh oh, you know, over time where I've gotten things that I really don't like at all especially like when you give someone a really good gift for uh, you know as a secret santa like you get them this really awesome gift you're super excited and then you get this 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 uh gift back from them you exchange gifts and then it's like socks uh or it's like 
PJs. Like, who wants socks and PJs, right? Like, this is Arizona. We wear flip-flops, all right? Uh, PJs, like, what? I don't want PJs, you know, or when someone gives you clothes that, like, you totally don't wear. It's, like, not your style, and you're just, like, thanks after giving them this, like, awesome gifts. And so there's been some years that have been awesome, uh, and there's been some years that have been not so awesome and uh, and just kind of a letdown when you exchange gifts with a person. Uh, you just never know what you're going to get from year to year. It just depends on that person, you know, that gets you. You just never know uh, what you're going uh, to get. Um, but you know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about our spiritual lives. I was thinking about our spiritual lives. Uh, we don't have to wonder uh, what kind of gift we're going to receive. We don't have to wonder if God is a good gift giver. We always know that we are getting the greatest gift possible. We always know that when we exchange something with God, we're always getting the better end of the deal. We exchange our hopelessness for His hope. We exchange our anger for His patience and gentleness. We exchange our hurt for His healing. We exchange our anxiety for His peace. There's there's this awesome exchange back and forth between us and God, and we are always on the better end of, of the receiving of the gifts. And so, man, that's one thing that we can be sure about. We don't have to be guessing when it comes to God as the gift giver. We always are, we always get the better end of the deal. We always get the better and greater gift and there's an exchange between us and God. And so today here's what I want to look uh, at this at this passage. I want to take a, a few minutes to look at this great exchange be- between Jesus and the leper. Uh, this great exchange. I, I really want us to learn a few things from this great exchange, but also I want us to learn what this exchange points to because I really believe that this exchange between the leper and Jesus points to an even greater exchange later on. So let's jump in. Mark here in verse 40 says this, and a leper came to him, imploring him and kneeling said to him, if you will, you can make me clean. Mark tells us that this man was a leper. So what is leprosy? What is leprosy? Uh, The biblical term for leprosy actually covered uh, multiple skin diseases, all kinds of skin diseases. It it included what we today uh, call Hansen's disease. And so most likely this man had Hansen's disease. He had a very severe form of leprosy. And so this disease, what it does, it actually destroys the body's pain system. It really acts as an anesthetic, uh, bringing numbness to a person's arm and legs and hands and feet. Uh, And so it brings numbness to those parts of the body, as well as uh, a person's ears, eyes, and uh, nose. And so really the, the the consequences from that is, is really uh, 
what brings the greatest devastation. Right, let, let me explain. Because they, they can't really feel pain, right? Like a person can't really feel pain who has this type of leprosy. Uh, so, for example, if they would have to reach into a fire uh, because they dropped something in it, they can't feel uh the pain that's coming from a fire. Or for example, if, if someone with leprosy would wash their face or their body with with hot, hot water, uh, it, it wouldn't hurt. They can't feel anything. They can't feel pain. They can't feel how hot the water is. Or for example, if they would grab a tool uh, of, of some sort, they would grip it so tightly and so hard that their hands become traumatized and even stump like and so they can't really feel uh pain they can't really uh, uh you know the, the, their nerve their pain nerves uh their pain system is completely destroyed uh, modern doctors actually call this the the painless hell uh in addition to this it also causes uh uh, disfiguring of of the skin by by um, uh, creating sores or lumps and bumps. Uh, people have extremely dry and thick skin. Ulcers on the soles of their feet. They lose their eyebrows and their eyelashes. Uh, there's mu muscle weakness that could cause paralysis. Uh, there's eye problems that lead to blindness. Uh, there's the crippling of the hands and feet. Their nose gets disfigured. They have a raspy voice or even the loss of their voice uh, as well. And so this man uh, it hasn't felt someone's touch uh, he, he hasn't been around people, um, and, and he is going through some very, very bad physical issues here. His body is completely mutilated from head to toe. It's rotting, uh, it's repulsive, and it smells with bad odor. And then this is just the physical part of what he's going through. There's further consequences of leprosy in Leviticus, in the book of Leviticus, chapter 13 and 14, it really gives an extensive description of leprosy and how to test for it and all those things. Uh, and so it's Leviticus chapter 13 and 14. But let me give you just two verses uh, from these these two chapters. Let me give you two verses from these two chapters. Leviticus chapter 13, 45 through 46 says this: the leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose. And he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. So not only was there this physical consequences from this disease, there were social consequences at all as all well uh, they were required to make their appearance as disgusting as possible they were required to tear their clothes and leave their hair unkept lepers had to remain at least 150 feet away if they were upwind and six feet if they were downwind they had to live on the outskirts of town alone isolated. I mean, this is a quarantine that lasted 
a lifetime. I mean, you and I just went through this quarantine season. I mean, we had a, what, a two-week lockdown or whatever it is. Uh, some of us quarantined even a longer than that, a couple of months. Uh, but we were going crazy. Like, we just needed people. Could you imagine this man who, was, who had to quarantine himself from his family, from his friends, from his religious community, from society? I mean, he had to quarantine himself and live in isolation forever, for his lifetime. It was a quarantine that lasted a lifetime. Uh, rabbis during this time said that a, if a leper stuck his head into a house, even just poked his head in through a window or a door, that the house was unclean. Josephus, the first century Jewish historian, said that, that lepers were actually considered equal to corp corpses. Uh, they were living, dead people. And again, as a verse said earlier in Leviticus, they were required to yell unclean, unclean when approaching others. I mean, could you imagine you going to the grocery store as a leper, your, your, your clothes are torn, you walk into the grocery store, and you have to yell unclean, unclean, so that people know that you're coming. The humiliation, the shame that they experience, the embarrassment. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine going into a bank and saying, unclean, unclean? Man, what shame, what embarrassment, what humiliation. Not only did it have social consequences, it had religious consequences. They were considered ceremonially unclean. And many people believe that leprosy was divine punishment. And the only way that they could cure, that leprosy could be cured is by God himself. It had financial consequences as well. They were unable to work and provide for themselves. And therefore, they were dependent on other people's charity. It had relational consequences. They couldn't touch their spouses, their kids, their families, and their, fa uh, their friends. It had emotional consequences, the shame the depression and the humiliation that they face. Could you imagine this man dealing with not just the physical, but the financial, the emotional, the religious, uh, the relational uh, ways that this disease has really taken his life? Now, Mark tells us that, that this leper, that he, he came to him, that, that this leper came to Jesus. Now, this was provocative. I mean, this was offensive. If, if, you, were, if you were in that situation in, in the first century and you saw this leper making his way through the crowds to Jesus, you would have been in shock. I mean, could you think of what the other lepers were thinking uh, when, uh, when they saw this man going to Jesus? Like, he's actually going to do it. He's actually going to Jesus. Could you think about the people that were around there that saw this leper going straight, making a beeline to Jesus? What were they thinking? I mean, this leper came to Jesus, something they were not supposed to do. And so he breaks all cultural customs. He breaks all of these laws to go to Jesus. And at this point, nothing can prevent him from coming to Christ. 
This is a display of the leper's uh, need. It's a display of uh, how desperate he truly is uh, for a uh, touch of Jesus. This is a display of the leper's faith that he is willing to risk it all to go to Jesus. And when he gets to Jesus, what does he say? He says, if you will, you can make me clean. If you will, you can make me clean. The leper had faith that Jesus could heal him. I mean, he's heard about Jesus healing other people. At this time, Jesus was doing a bunch of miracles and healing people in that region. So I'm pretty sure that that word got to this, this man or this, this little community of lepers. And he's heard about Jesus healing other lepers. He's heard about Jesus giving sight to the blind. He's, he's heard about Jesus uh, uh, helping the lame walk. He's heard about Jesus casting out demons. Could you imagine that leper? What if he could heal me? Uh, can, can Jesus heal me? Now notice what the leper says here. If you will, you can make me clean. But also notice what he doesn't say. He doesn't say, if you can. He says, if you will. You see, the leper had faith in Jesus. He knew that Jesus could heal him, but would he? The leper knew that Jesus was powerful enough to heal him, but was he merciful? The leper knew Jesus was able to heal him, but was Jesus willing? What does Mark tell us? Verse 41. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. This is shocking. This is scandalous. In the same way that the leper coming to Jesus was shocking and scandalous, the fact that Jesus Touched a leper was also shocking and scandalous. Touching a leper was forbidden. And most people would have been sickened by even the thought of touching a leper. It was actually even illegal to greet a leper. And most people would recoil and get on the defensive. But not Jesus. But not Jesus. Jesus goes towards the leper. Jesus touches the leper. He, he stretches out his hand and touches the leper. And Jesus' touch says this, I love you. I'm here for you. I understand you. Jesus didn't have to touch the leper. I mean, Jesus could have healed him by simply speaking it. He didn't have to touch the leper at all, but he was delighted to. He was delighted to touch this man who probably wasn't touched in years. Who knows how long? You see, sometimes our touch brings more comfort than our words, more healing than our words. And so Jesus touched him. This is a display of Jesus's love and the care and compassion and mercy upon this man. So when Jesus touches him, 
Mark tells us that this man was made clean. He was made clean. Jesus was not contaminated by the leper. Instead, Jesus' holiness cleansed the leper. Jesus' authority and power and love instantly transformed the leper's life. The leprosy left him. And so now he was able to go back into the community that he wants, once longed for. Uh, he was, if he had a family, if this, if this leper had a family, he was able to go and be around them and hug them and kiss them and touch them and spend time with them. Uh, he was no longer considered religiously unclean, so he could go back into his religious community and worship with other people. He, he no longer had to experience humiliation and shame and so sorrow. He, he was no longer a dependent on the charity of others. And this all happened by a simple touch of Christ. He was healed. He was made clean. And look what happens next in verse 43. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once. And he said to them, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer for you, offer uh, for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. So Jesus says, hey, hey, you know, just take off, go, but do not say anything to anyone. Uh, don't make mention of what just happened. Again, Jesus didn't want to be simply known as this magical healer. He, he didn't want people to misunderstand why he came. That he only came to heal people physically. Uh, Jesus, yeah, came to do some of that stuff. But most importantly, Jesus came to heal people spiritually. And he didn't want to be misunderstood. Why? Because when Jesus is misunderstood, then he gets false responses from people, people who uh, only want him for what he has to offer and not want Jesus himself. And so he tells this leper, don't say anything. And he says, go show yourself to the priest. He, go to the priest and go show yourself that you're completely healed. You see, back then, the priest would pronounce uh, people clean uh, after a series of test uh, and after a series of sacrifices on the part of uh, the leper, uh, the priest would then give the leper a certificate uh, that he was now considered clean and could come back uh, into the uh, religious community. He could be socially uh, rehabilitated and could have his life back and the priest would give him a certificate that he was now clean. Now, up to this point, we're like, man, that's a great story. We hit the climax of the story. This, this leper's healed. What? That's amazing. I mean, he's no longer in pain. He's no longer in isolation. He's no longer has to deal with shame. Awesome. But I, I really believe that there is more to this story. And the climax of this story is not, is, is Jesus, is not Jesus healing the leper. I think the most important part of this story is in verse 45. But let me read it to you. It says, But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter town. 
but was out in desolate places and people were coming to him from every quarter. So this man who gets healed, uh, Jesus says, hey, don't go telling people, don't, you know, keep it on the DL. And what does he do? He disobeys Jesus and he tells everyone. I mean, he goes and spreads the news of what happened, what happens. And then what happens to Jesus? The text says that Jesus then was forced to go out to desolate places. He was forced to go out into the wilderness. Listen up. Let's lean in on just a bit. Lean in just a bit. Notice this. The man's disobedience, the man's sin, led Jesus to a desolate place. The man's disobedience, the man's sin, forced Jesus into the wilderness. The leper, he started in the wilderness in isolation. And after this encounter with Jesus, the leper now goes into the town, into the city. Jesus started in the city, ministering to people. He has this encounter with the leper and ends up in desolate places, ends up where the leper started. So Jesus trades places with the leper. Jesus exchanges places with a leper. This story then is a foreshadowing, a metaphor for the great exchange. This is a foreshadowing of the cross where Jesus exchanges places with sinners. That's what the story is about, where Jesus will exchange places with spiritual lepers. You and I, if you and I are in Christ, if you are a believer, you were a spiritual, you were a spiritual leper. We were all spiritual lepers who were far from God. We were spiritual lepers isolated from God. We were spiritual lepers who were alienated from God. We were spiritual outcasts who were left for dead. We were spiritual lepers with no family and no community. We were spiritual lepers with no hope, stuck in our shame, stuck in our sorrow, and stuck in our sin. I mean, when you, when you go and read Leviticus chapter 13 and 14, uh, when it describes uh, leprosy, it's really interesting that, that lep- the, the way that the Bible describes leprosy is a great picture for sin. I mean, when we read these tests on how to determine if a person has leprosy, man, it is a picture of sin. Like sin, leprosy is deeper than skin. It spreads. It defiles a person. It isolates a person. It impacts a person's entire life. You and I were spiritual lepers. But Christ exchanged places with us. 
He was forsaken so we could be found. He was treated as an outcast so we could then be, become partakers uh, and, and being adopted into the family of God. He was humiliated so that we could be exalted. He was put to death so that we can have life. And he was sacrificed so that we can be saved. This is the great exchange. The great exchange. Jesus traded places with you and I. This message here is the message of the gospel. That by faith in Christ, we exchange our sin for his forgiveness. Amen. And how do we become partakers of this exchange? It's by faith. By faith alone in Christ alone. We become partakers of this great exchange. If you don't know Christ today, if you don't have a saving relationship with Christ, if you've never repented of your sin and placed your faith in Christ, you can be partaker, a partaker in this exchange. You could be a beneficiary of this great exchange. By faith in Christ, you can exchange your hurt for his healing. Look, I know some of you are hurting. I know some of you are down. You can exchange your brokenness for his restoration. You can exchange your pain for his purpose. You can exchange your weakness for his strength. You can exchange your shame for his grace and mercy. By faith alone, in Christ alone. We saw the example of the leper's faith in Christ, and it's by faith alone, in Christ alone, that you can become a beneficiary of this great exchange if you don't know Christ. There's many of you who are already in Christ, who have placed your faith in Christ and have become partakers of this great exchange. And, and here's the thing, you know, placing our faith in Christ. Yes, we, it, we did that initially. But placing our faith in Christ is not just a one-time thing. The gospel, the message of the gospel is not just for people who don't know Christ yet. The message of the gospel is also for believers. We continue to place our faith in Christ. We continue to live in his grace. So church people, Christian believer, lean in on me. What do you need to continue to exchange in your life? You need to exchange your fear for his faith, your sadness for his joy, your worry for his hope, your doubt for his promises. What do you need to exchange today? Do you need a touch from Jesus today? Jesus says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to him 
today, just as the leper came to him, full of humility, full of hope, full of faith, desperate and in need, he came to Christ and experienced the touch of Christ and was a partaker of this great exchange. What do you need to exchange today? Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this great exchange that you gave up your life so that we could have life. That you became an outcast, isolated, humiliated, so that we wouldn't have to experience that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're so grateful, so thankful for your work on the cross, for trading places with sinners, that the Savior of all of humanity traded places with sinners, with spiritual lepers. We thank you. We pray for those who are believers, who have forgotten of this great exchange that is available to us. May they exchange their pain and sorrow, sadness and grief, fear, doubt, and worry for which you have to offer. May you remind them today that the gospel is not just for unbelievers, but for believers too. I pray for those who don't know you yet, that right now, God, that you would touch them wherever they're at touch their heart, touch their soul, draw them close to you. Draw them to you, God, in a powerful, mighty way. We thank you for the work that you did on the cross. We thank you for this great exchange. Amen. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. Without you, this ministry would not be possible. If you feel led to give, please use the link below as we seek to make a difference in people's lives. Also, please make sure to share this with your family and your friends. Again, thank you so much for listening.